Welcome to the One Away Show, presented by BW Missions. I am Brian Wish, and I am your host, and thanks so much for being here. On this show, I sit down with compelling entrepreneurs, authors, and rising leaders to talk through their most transformative relationships, experiences, and epiphanies. Curated with entrepreneurial leaders in mind, we'll dig into these finite moments in people's lives and understand how they helped set their path forward. John Hall is a speaker, author, influencer, and leader. He wrote the best-selling book, Top of Mind, and has received numerous accolades, including the EY Entrepreneur of the Year Award for Best Emerging Company and one of the Business Journal's Top 100 Visionaries. Some of John's speaking topics include content marketing, media, content trends, thought leadership, PR, personal branding, leadership development, time management, productivity, and more. He writes weekly columns for Forbes and Inc. and has contributed to more than 50 online publications, including Harvard Business Review, Fortune, Fast Company, and Mashable. John also invested in innovative companies like Calendar and Relevance. John, welcome to the One Away Show. It's good to be here. Thank you. Uh, it's been great getting to know you the last couple of years. Thanks for all the help and, and just you know being a you know someone I've looked up to as I've navigated my own digital journey. Uh, so, John, tell us uh, tell us about your one away moment. Uh, what would you like to share with us in our audience? Um, well, the one that like um, got to me, it, it's actually when I was 19, um, when I had a friend pass, it, it's, uh, it, it was a really tough time for me. Um, I was in college. I actually had come to University of Missouri because I was into a girl here and, um, and she ended up not even coming here. So that was, that was beautiful. Uh, good planning as a young kid. Uh, and then um, was here and I, was, I didn't have many friends. I was used to being super social and um, had a, a friend that was across the hall from me in the, uh, in the dorm rooms and he tried to break up a fight. Uh, he ended up um, being shot at, at a party, uh, just trying to do good and, and break up things. And uh, it was kind of a crazy situation for me because I went into a depression after that. Obviously that's a tough thing to go through as a young kid. And, um, you know, or, I mean, I guess I was 19, I was growing up a little bit, but um, I think what I've kind of learned from those situations, one, at a very early age, I, I realized life was short and to, you know, make the most of it. But then also it put me in kind of a gear to kind of, because um, I, honestly, to work out of depression, I, I worked and I, and I kind of put a plan together on, uh, and motivated myself to actually get out of it through staying busy. And that's where uh, my first company started, which was in real estate. And so I think a lot of people, when they're down and when they have bad, you know, crap happen to them, and they they stay down. And I think that for me, um, that moment is a reminder is that when things aren't going well, it, you you can recover, and but you just have to kind of give a spark to yourself and set some things in place. And so that was a key thing for me, and and a lesson in perseverance that I learned at a young age. And so you know, since then, I think you know when you combine the message of you know life is short and you know make the most of it at the same time as you know, persevering through, you know, when you're at your low points, I think, um, you know, how you do that also dictates how your how high your high points go. Yeah, absolutely, John. That's a really, you know, astute point. My, uh, my mom always said growing up in every crisis, there's an opportunity. And uh, so just take us take us a moment uh, when your friend was shot, sounds like a terrible tragedy. Um, what kind of what went through your head what what was going on and what do you think maybe triggered maybe a downward spiral that maybe got you on, on, in such a slump in the first place 
Um, I mean, I think that, um, well, for me, I was already kind of, I mean, your freshman year of college, you're, are, you're kind of nerve, nervous anyway. And, um, and I was used to knowing people and being very, uh, I guess, social. And so I think it was, um, I, don't, I don't know, it was just, it was a very tough, uh, it was a very tough thing for me to uh, go through and like the feelings that were going on. I mean, one, you were just like, and, and I'm not a naturally, there's a lot of depression out there. I'm not a naturally depressed per person that uh, event, you know, took me there. But I think we all go through anxiety situations and we all go through, you know, some like I have some people on my team that actually, you know, deal, deal with anxiety. And I think when you're in those moments, I think um, hitting them, I mean, like for me, I like I hit it dead on. I think when you try and avoid them, work past them but like you know I went to the funeral went with the family I, he was actually from Chicago went up there and kind of you know went through that together uh and I think you know the closure of it helps so I think addressing when you go through something like that and hitting it you know head on and getting your grief you know out of the way and um but then I think uh you know at the same time I looked at it and I think anytime you have anything meaningful in your life happening there needs to be a reflection period and you need to sit there and I remember, um, you know, going off and actually sitting. It's like, what, what do I want out of this thing? Because mm -hmm. my buddy didn't get this. Um, and, I, and what do I want to make the most out of this? And I think that it was just like a, and I think I've learned from that in times nowadays that even when shit goes wrong, um, I legitimately take a step back, reflect and say, you know, how do we, you know, get through this? And, and so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of the key lessons that I learned. Beautiful. I, I, uh, always believe that they're there with reflection and progression they, that they go hand in hand and you kind of like everything you just said you really need to look back on what happened to understand how to improve and maybe get better in the future uh so it sounds like that's been a grounding moment in, in your life for how you handle obstacles and how to overcome them um something that you know you said john when you first described the story is what you said when this happened yes it put you into a bit of a slump but then you said, I, I learned how to make a plan and I learned how to move forward and really go after, you know, the time that my friend now didn't have. Uh, take us back to that moment and how that led you to starting your first business and, and what motivated you to maybe get yourself in a more positive framework to go, go out and do something meaningful. Um, I mean, I think that, well, one, what helped, the biggest thing that helped was I uh, joined a business fraternity. It's called Alpha Kappa Psi. Um, and it's at University of Missouri and um, the people there, I mean, my first business partner was there. I'm actually still friends with him to this day. Um, and uh, we, you know, when you look back to that, I think the key was that I surrounded myself with good people as well. And I think that's another kind of lesson at that young age that I got is that, you know, to get out of there, I was also surrounded. I mean, as crazy as it was from that business fraternity, um, I think like two or three of the women in my wife's wedding was um, from there. Three or four of the guys were from there and we're still friends to this day. And I think that um, it's relationships are relationships are one of the most important thing that's going to drive success in business. And I think once I started surrounding myself with people that all had motivations, all, you know, in different ways, they weren't all, I, I was actually, I think I'm the only, well, no, the, he's an entrepreneur as well that my first kind of business partner and uh, roommate there um, the other ones are not, um, but they're successful. I mean, one is an, is a leader at uh, Boeing. Another one is a leader of a large mortgage company. Another one, I mean, like, honestly, as crazy as it does, I can't think of anybody in that group, um, you know, that isn't, you know, doing really well. And so I think that from my standpoint, what motivated me is the people around me. And then it drove me to, and I was the most entrepreneurial. And so it mm -hmm. just 
basically put gas on a, a fire that you know it just started sure what just just for the audience what pushed you into joining alpha kappa Psi? we had one of those at university of georgia um had some friends in there but like what what made you say okay i this happened to me okay now let me go let me go focus on my kind of future um i mean yeah i mean i, I guess that from a standpoint of like what like you, what got me to my vision or like the direction I was heading or what, like what, I guess, yeah, uh, what more, exactly you're like, going for there? Like you could have hand, I guess what I'm getting at is you could have handled this and, and turned this into a positive in many ways. You could have joined a, n a nonprofit that helped people, um, you know, who, and families of, who have been killed. You could have, you could have handled this in a positive outlet, but you chose maybe business interest as your outlet to go do something positive. Was there something from your past and growing up that where you always had like an entrepreneurial aspiration and you took this as maybe the seed to really kind of go after it? Um, i just curious maybe why you pick business in the sense of, hey, this is going to be my outlet to turn things around. I mean, we're entrepreneur, like I think things are triggered when we're kids to the sparks are when we're kids and at a very young age. So, I mean, I started selling, I mean, my, well, my mother first got me started by selling door to door. Um, I did a lot of those sort of things and, um, but I naturally was interested in entrepreneurship. Like I, in third grade, I would um, buy, I would trade lunches and sell other people's lunch, find out what I could get for gushers, find out what I could get for fruit roll-ups, um, you know, figure out and how I could barter to get the most valuable assets as candy and then basically sell those off. And so I was actually making money um, when I was in third, third, fourth grade on now it's like, I have a second grade daughter and I look at her and I'm like, what the heck? Like, that's like <laughs> what I was about to do. That's ridiculous. So anyway, I, um, <laughs> I, uh, did that. And so I think that, and also I think my mom provided me with some entrepreneurial books really early. And so I'd recommend, um, you know, if, if you have, if listeners have a, um, you know, young kid, uh, the Torn brothers are very, you know, good friends of mine and they wrote the book Kidpreneurs. It's a really great book uh, taught in schools. And I think that um, getting people started, um, I, I bring my daughter around to all my deals. Like you would crack up at the stuff that I bring her to. Um, I bring her, we, we're doing a big three acre development here for a business campus. And I brought her into all my art, like not all, but most of my architectural meetings. She sat there and um, she likes art. So she listened and she, you know, drew things out. And so I think that from, you know, from my standpoint, I got that spark there. And I think that I, I knew that at a young age that I was interested in things like that. And, I, and I'm not saying when someone's 18 or 20 or even 30, these things can happen later in life. I know some of the best entrepreneurs. I mean, I think Walt, Sam Walton started when he was like late 30s, maybe, maybe even 40s. And I think that, um, you know, once you kind of have an idea on what you enjoy and what you like to do and where there's some passion, you know, then, you know, you and, I, and I've learned that at a very young age. Not everybody has that blessing of learning that. And so I think that, um, you know, I, I really focus on people in the long term of, of saying, hey, where are you going? Like, it doesn't have to happen this year. It doesn't have to happen next year. But where, where do you want to go? Like, and I'm at, and I just told, I was on a podcast earlier this morning where I said, um, I told someone that I'm truly content now. I'm doing what I want. You know, I have a great teammate. I get to choose who I deal with or, you know, I have a great business partner. Um, I yeah, I choose who I deal with. Um, I'm involved in probably 15, 20 different companies right now. So I certainly, um, you know, have a variety of fun stuff to, to look at and challenges. So like, I'm very content. You could say, hey, there's a $10 million deal or $20 billion deal here. Are you super excited? And, 
for me, it's like, yeah, that's cool and that's fun, but I'm also content with my life and I've been very lucky as I'm 36 years old and I've, I've gotten there. So I encourage people to get there. Now, I started putting these plans together when I was 18, 17, where I was like, hey, or, and I like little ones, the, the ones after that event came more in my 20s where I was actually serious um, about it. But, you know, I said in the next 10 years here, here's what I want to do. It's similar to a company vision. You get your vision. And I also have like different goals. Like, so one of my goal, like one of my um, visions of life is my personal mission, not just my company mm -hmm. mission. And my, my personal mission is to enhance the lives of others, um, you know, that will appreciate it. I've also enhanced a lot of lives that the people haven't appreciated. And I know that that doesn't drive me to do more. What drives me to help more is when I can make a difference and it's appreciated. And then it, it, that's what drives me. So I think from my standpoint, like I decided what my personal goal was very, you know, long time ago, I, uh, you know, look at my company goals and some of them are five, 10 years, some are three month goals. But I think ultimately, you know, if you, if you have those set up, then you start making decisions based on the long term rather than just short term. And you might like get less salary or less, you know, in the short term, but you'll be on the path to get there. Like I could have started um, being a full time like, entrepreneur very, very early, but I actually did spend time at working for a company called JS, which had one of the more successful entrepreneurs in town that I could learn from him and his leadership crew. Mm. And I'm glad I did that because it made me who I was today but I could have got started earlier. Um, but I think that that was an important step for me to go through. I think everything you just touched on is, is so important to me uh, as well, John. And I think you were so intentional about I, not, maybe you, you realized that early, but you, it sounds like you were so intentional about where you wanted to go uh, from a young age. And you realize, you know, not to sacrifice, you know, the long-term just for a short, short-term gain, because you realize the stepping stones it took to get there. And just to reflect back to you, I also love what you said, how it's not just business. It's about, you know, this encapsulates other areas of your life and you draw it back to, you know, enhancing, you know, the lives of others. And you can do that in your family and your work and in so many different aspects of your life. And really, really, I'll have to send you this article I wrote on uh, my, my, my tombstone and what I want my, my legacy to be. Um, early thoughts of a 27 year old. Anyway, it sounds like we, I, I just love these kinds of conversations and, uh, your motivations were sounds like set early um, so let's let's take that and, and move that to you know what happened so your your friend passed away and you kind of got clear on your intentions and it kind of pushed you to eventually starting your own business and it sounds like uh, you had a bit of a gap in between their learning you said like JES but maybe walk us through that journey from joining the fraternity to, to you know setting out fully and standing out on your own uh, I guess like, you mean like how I transitioned from being there working in kind of a bigger company to going on my own fully. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's scary. I mean, that is like, um, I think that, and also I, to, to be honest, I had some training wheels going from there too, just because we had a, uh, I, tr I transitioned from there to a more entrepreneurial environment, but there was still some support, um, you know, given. And so uh, it was kind of like I started at being an entrepreneur, then I worked for JS where it was their own thing. And I was just an employee learning from some really smart, you know, fast growing, you know, companies. Now it didn't have the culture that I desired in the long term, but I still took, you know, the best intelligence that I could from there. Um, and then the next step was um, 
more entrepreneurial and that's where like it transitioned to I was starting companies but I still had um, some support of not just being thrown out on the streets um, so that was a, a nice transition and then um, you know after that it, it was the natural you know so I, I think that I was a little lucky to have um, like it's like I almost had like a cliff to a step, to a step, to a step. Some people just jump off the damn cliff and it's, and I can't like, I can act like I'm cool like that, um, but I'm not. Um, I'm not a person that feels comfortable with completely risking everything. And, um, and that's where some people are surprised or like, you know, you're involved in so much, you have to take a lot of risks. I don't, if you talk to my business partner now, you, he'd, he'd laugh at that because I'm the one that's like, nope, we're not risking that. We're not risking, I'm like the risk manager in our company. Uh, so I think that um, as much as I'd like to say that I was this really confident, um, ballsy entrepreneur that just took a jump, I didn't. Some people do, and that's very scary. I, I'm a big fan of transition and 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 waiting a little longer to be more comfortable and setting yourself up for success. And so that's what I did, um, which is a little different than a lot of entrepreneurs I know who just take the jump. The problem is right. you it's misleading because you hear a lot of entrepreneurs have success and you're like, well, I can do that too. What you don't hear is the people, all the people that failed so much taking that same jump. But there's not many people that I know that did the transition that I did that haven't seen success when they did it in a healthy transitional way. Sure. I, I really want to grab on to what you just said and speak to this, you know, younger, capable, ambitious, young professional type of audience who's, I think, listening and, and ask you, like, you said you took the time to set yourself up for success. You, you really put in the building blocks. It sounds like you had the long term in mind, but you were patient in getting there. What, what were some of those critical lessons or pieces along that journey uh, that you would say have been instrumental. So when you did kind of jump off the cliff, cliff, you're actually, you know, you had a plan when you were kind of metaphorically going down. I mean, you guess how I plan to, to each, each stage uh, of process. Um, yeah, and may, and maybe not so um, per partic uh, maybe not like how you planned each stage, but what were, if you look back at some of the foundational elements that have allowed you to eventually kind of step off and go on your own, what were maybe, maybe those are some soft skills. Maybe those are some hard skills, you know, for you. Oh what, yeah. Yeah. What so, some of the most yeah. So what skills that I, um, I mean, uh, to be honest, <laughs> as crazy it is, you just always learn every skill you possibly can. And I know this sounds stupid, but, um, somebody, uh, asked me, um, years ago, how I got the Forbes relationship and, mm -hmm. um, and I, and I had, can share this now. Uh, I wouldn't have shared this years ago uh, because it, it probably would have, uh, which is, well, actually it would have been fine. Tom uh, Post was my managing editor there at the time. He's, he's left there and awesome human being, but it's it very hard to get to the guy. It's like he was a managing editor there and um, everybody wanted to, you know, to talk to people like that who are in, in media. And so I, um, I found out that he was into rock climbing. Uh, and or I heard it was somebody who's a friend of his that mentioned it when I was at an event. And so I started rock climbing, um, honestly, just because I'm like, hey, like, you know, this guy's it, you know, and, and so uh, when Tom and I got on the phone, like, it was like six months after that I had planned to, you know, I actually just I was rock climbing the week before. And um, it was funny. I, he's like, "What you do? What have you been up to?" And I and I said, "Oh, uh, you know, I would just rock climb." He's like, "Oh my god, I rock climb too!" And I'm like, oh, "That's <laughs> awesome!" And so we ended up um, really hitting it off. And then at the end of the um, at the end of the conversation, he um, 
at the end of the conversation, he was like, oh, dude, we should, you know, work together. And that's how I started. I honestly, right. He's like, let me see a test article you write. You know, I like your stuff. And so, um, it, you know, that, uh, that skill was super valuable. It was one of my bigger opportunities. And, and I've had a great experience writing for Forbes for over eight years now. And um, I would just say this, that like, the more skills you get to relate to people and to connect with people. Today, I, I have a, uh, I just got done playing tennis. As you can tell, I'm in like athletic gear, but I just got off the tennis court. And um, it's with a, a person who, um, you know, is a, uh, a neighbor and a good, good connection. But I'm uh, the idea that I can jump on a tennis court and hit with them and, and be uh, equal, if not better, or more, you know, at least play a game um, with him. He beat me, um, and he has been recently. But um, from the standpoint of being able to do that, it allows you to connect with people. Um, I have a very versatile um, kind of skill set um, from a standpoint of like, I'm not amazing at one thing, but I'm really, really okay at everything. And so it's like, I know how to play chess well, um, like decent well. I, if someone's actually a chess player, they're going to tear me up. Um, so it's like, I would tell people is like, Every and what I did as a young, like in my 20s, is every month I would set a goal of the two or three skills I wanted. I know how to play the piano, for mm. example. Now it's very misleading because I know how to play four songs really well, but they're really cool songs. I can't play anything but those songs. So, um, but when we're, let's say, at an event and there's a piano there, somebody would be like, oh, you know how to play, and I can sit down. Nobody ever asked me to play more than four songs. So, um, so from one of those, th uh, what I would tell you is that. Uh, if I was going back to my young self, I would say, learn as much as you possibly can so that when you're talking to people, you can connect with them on so many different levels. And um, because that's in reality, like what to me, what drives the world is um, relationships and how people connect with each other. And if you can just get a glimpse of like and understand where they're coming from uh, and, and their experience, they're going to want to do business. They're going to want to work with you. And so um, those things are extremely, extremely valuable. So just set goals on new skills that you want to learn to connect. I'm learning, as funny as this is, I'm learning quilting right now. Don't make fun of me. No, quilt, no, sorry, uh, knitting. Now my daughter's into it, so that's why I'm trying to, but just imagine there's going to be somebody in the future that's, and actually that's crazy, Missouri Quilt Company, uh, the CEO, Alan Doan, is a friend of mine, and uh, we, we actually can connect and joke around about that stuff, and uh, so, yeah, I would just tell you is that you keep learning stuff. Don't ever think that nothing's not, like something's not valuable. Just learn it, get through it so you understand it, and then move on to something else if you don't have an interest. Mm, that's I, I I love that on so many levels of how you kind of picked an interest so you could better connect uh, with someone and I don't know if that's exactly uh, how it all shaked out but uh, <laughs> I find that really interesting and and I think just like that that pursuit to continue learning it's funny at the beginning of the year I just got out of a uh, you know longer term relationship and I, I made this kind of become interesting board and I picked all these skills and books and things I wanted to read and so I, I really relate to what you just said and, and speaking of that you know John you know it sounds like building skill sets is a big part of you know helping you build a foundation for what you did in the future uh, I read an article before we chatted on uh, it was Forbes about kind of books uh, that you um, recommended for leaders and, and just to what you just said you, wrote, you there was a book on there on on, on learning anything and unlocking your brain and, and to go back to what you said, are there any reading materials or any books that you felt like were very foundational to the early part of your career and, and kind of diving into your path? 
Yeah, and let me, and actually you, you hit on somewhere, I want to correct something I said. It's that in reality, like I, I have different skills, but, and like, but you should try and work on something mm. being the best at. So that's something I should clarify. You should try. The thing is that if you try to be the best at everything, you're going to, mm. you know, that you're going to fail. But yeah, I mean, I think that I try to be versatile and I, then now, obviously, like I speak a lot on content marketing, marketing, sales. So like I have my expertise that I've really dove in deep. So I wanted to kind of correct that uh, from a standpoint of how I educate myself on that. It's crazy. I don't read as much as many books as like a lot of like, you know, the, I know like the big time leaders, the Warren Buffett's of the world that uh, they read a book a day. I can't do that. Uh, I, I can't read a book a day. My business partner reads more than I do. Uh, for me, um, I read probably a book every two to three weeks. I actually listen to it. So, um, and it's ones that really stand out um, to me the last, I mean, I think that uh, essentialism was one that uh, I really enjoyed. I know Greg, he's a good, good guy. Um, I mean, I, uh, trying to think other ones that's, oh, never split the difference. I really love that book. I think it really got me thinking about negotiation and calibrated questions. Now, instead of telling someone what I want them to do, I, I ask calibrated questions of how would you do this? Um, you know, and, and, and uh, incorporate them in that decision-making so you, you can negotiate better. Um, and so those are some good ones, but I get the most value out of conversation and situations. Cause the problem is, is that I know enough authors where books are good. Like I wrote a book myself and I hope it sparks, um, you know, sparks thought. And, and I think that, you know, I wanted it to be valuable, but I think that you have to, you have to really understand that books aren't a, aren't talking to directly you. They're talking to a mass amount of people and you need to adjust those to what your world is. And so I think that situational um, advice is the best form. So I get the most knowledge from when I'm one-on-one -on -one with friends that I respect or people that I respect, and I'm asking them situational questions and learning from their failures, their successes, how it applies, asking them in my world what they think I should do from a standpoint of given this situation and these variables, what would you do here and, and listen to that. So uh, I really, th really, really like to have a lot of conversations that are situational with people that I trust and respect. Great. Um, I completely agree with you. And I think just the context here, it sounds like relationships. I mean, as you have built, I think a brand for yourself online in the marketing sphere, right? I think it sounds like relationships have been at the forefront of everything you've done, building the skills and experiences around them and, you know, being able to be dynamic in those conversations and, uh, you know, speak to people on multiple fronts and that's taking you far. Um, so it sounds like, you know, John, you focused a lot in your life on building a really good foundation uh, with things, skills you've learned, people you've met to be able to go out and build, you know, a company and set a series of companies that you've worked on. Uh, maybe share that, that path with us of, you know, what, what was the, after you left the company that you referenced of the high growth company, what, what was your first step out into entrepreneurship and doing it on your own uh, and with a partner or group of people? Um, I mean, my first step uh, to like, I guess from your, so from the entrepreneurship uh, or from like being with people to straight out entrepreneurship, right? Um, ooh, trying to think what, I mean, once again, it's like, like I, I had, what's nice about it is that like I had known my business, my new business partner that I, cause I, I do a lot of different things with him. And so I, I had known him for a while. And so I think the first step was, I mean, it was kind of a struggle because when you jump from some structure to zero structure, 
you 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 have to kind of I don't know like you have to like be like almost um not cage yourself, but you have to create structure for yourself. Mm, and sure. so time boxing helped me um, with that. So I do time boxing a lot where I box all, like I do it on actually my notepad's not here, but uh, if you would see it every day, I have a notepad around me that has time boxing of this to this time, do this, this to this time, do this, this to this time, do this. And so um, even I schedule breaks. So I'll schedule like take your, you know, daddy daughter day or lunch or um, just go for a walk. And so um, I think that's extremely important to schedule um, things out. And so time boxing, um, obviously I own, I mean, like I own calendar.com. So it's like when you're, you know, I'm biased because I think that, you know, that's, kind of why we got into the space is because we wanted to make the most of your time and so um that was key um is you know creating that structures because if you can do that when you're on your own and you're a hard worker you're smart you're gonna figure stuff out the problem is is that when people fail they're all over the place they're just doing what they want and we're all like um naturally attracted to things that we feel like we like to do and um and we're not attracted to the hardest things that we need to get done so that's why you have to be very deliberate to get those hard things done because those are typically the things that move the biggest needle and so that's where time boxing comes in so right out the gate it was like these are the hard things to do um you know and these are the things and i always say it's like um what are the most important things to actually that you have to get done in a day and so i have like a line where it's like i put the line on those to do's and, and if i get everything above that i'm happy um, if I don't, I don't go to sleep. So I actually will not go to sleep. I'll stay up till three in the four in the morning. And that's to teach myself not to put myself in that position and get my shit done during the, during the day. <laughs> um, uh, it's funny. I, I read, uh, near Yao's book with mm-hmm. huge on time boxing and, um, sounds like, you know, what you're saying is, is you've kind of gone through the, the journey of life. You've realized, you know, time is your greatest asset and with your businesses and learning how to prioritize and, and then set a, a structured schedule for yourself that's optimal for you and your priorities, but then probably I'm sure your priorities in your your personal life as well, because you're a very family oriented uh, guy outside of your business life. So um, very neat. Um, John, what, um, you know, to bring this around, what, what has been like the most memorable or, or maybe not the most, but what, what, what have you found the most meaningful aspect of what you do? I mean, from calendar.com to the digital agencies to, to writing the book top of mind. I mean, you, you've done a fair amount uh, of things in your career, but like, what, what do you keep coming back to? What, what is the most meaningful and why do you keep coming back with different ideas and, you know, different opportunities to excel at kind of what keeps the fire going? Um, I mean, for me, the, probably the biggest, it, it, it goes back to the personal mission is that it's not like it, the personal mission is enhanced the lives of others that, you know, that will, you know, appreciate the, you know, you doing that for them. And so, um, for me, when I look at, um, you know, the things I get involved in, it's more around the people. So like the team, I, I'm not necessarily in, I tried to start a nonprofit this last year, which I, I kind of failed at, to be honest with you. Um, and that, and I think that nonprofit will be a core work down the road. I just have to, it's the same thing with business. You know, I, I tried to think, you know, I mean, pretty much what I did was I was trying to, the nonprofit I wanted to start is like, I feel like there's a lot of people that are, um, screwed over, but they have a, a great work ethic. 
And I wanted to find the people with the great work ethic that, you know, have had some bad things happen to them, get them on the right track and not just them, but the people around them. Mm. So if you get them, their family there too, you can lift them all up together. Mm. And it just so happens like my first one at it was um, a woman that reached out that ended up, um, she was somewhat of a con artist. And so, um, you know, I got taken advantage of for that. That was my own fault. I should have known better. There's a lot of falsified doc. I mean, it's crazy. It was, I wasn't wrong. She worked her ass off to con me. Um, there's a lot of falsifying, uh, you know, documents and, uh, tax returns being falsified. And so I think that from, and as crazy it was, it was her daughter that turned her in because, uh, I was being kind to the family and the daughter felt horrible about what I was, you know, doing to help. And so she find and she was 18 and she came clean and that's how I found out. So, um, yeah, so I think that, um, you know, you got to go back to, uh, yeah, go back to, you know, what is the personal mission of, you know, of, of for me and it's, it's, it's doing that. So I tried to do that with employees, try to do that with clients. I tried to do that with partners. Now you're not going to always be right. You can't like, if a client's pissed off at you, you, you got, you can't be like, well, I, I, I have to enhance your life. So I have to just fold everything. So I don't want to like mislead that. Um, but like from a standpoint of, um, you know, what motivates me is like the people around, like my team knows that the happier they are, the more that I'm going to do well, because when I see them happy, when I see them, um, enjoying work now, if they aren't enjoying things, then they know that affects me. And so, um, we've got to, we've, we've got to kind of, uh, anything we get involved in, it's got to be somewhat enjoyable. Like if someone's like, you can make a million dollars on this deal and you have to work with people you don't like for three, you know, two years or whatever, I'm going to say, no, like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that life is short and, and I measure success in a variety of ways. And one of those successes is not just money. Uh, it's, it's, you know, I know a lot of, I was very, I'm very lucky to meet a lot of the people I looked up to and I've gotten to know, you know, different, whether it's a billionaire or just an extremely, you know, uh, amazing entrepreneur and i'm and it's like i believe in like never meet your idol because when you meet them you're like man these guys aren't these people aren't even happy um (laughs) and you know they've worked like 90 or 100 hour weeks since they were 30 and now they're you know this age and so yeah i I think that from from my standpoint i mean i look back and i i just say um you know what drives me is the people that i surround myself with and building things together and looking back at the journey and um you know that that's what keeps me motivated yeah, absolutely. I uh, I think you, you bring up a really good point. I think you compared to, like you, it sounds like you figured out the right mountain of success to climb up early. And I think what you said about your idol, you meet them and they're miserable. It's like, did they, were they intentional about the success that they, they had? And, and, and what I, I had someone on the show um, a couple months ago and he, I asked him what he would have done differently in his life. And he's like, I, I wish I would have been a better father and husband. Um, and that's, and that kind of leads me to my next question. And before we close out here is, you know, John, I, something I respect about you and just like, I think it's, you've made it a bit evident is, is, you know, you really care about your family and how do you, how are you balancing? You know, you talk about enhancing lives and, you know, how your friend's death kind of pushed you to really go out and excel and build businesses. But how are you kind of giving the same attention or, same meaning and thought thoughtfulness towards the family that you're cultivating which is ultimately the representation of you yeah and uh, i mean this um and uh, well that's a good point because like in reality a lot of times you can focus on work too much and that's where that did happen years ago where i realized how much time i spent on culture and company you know stuff that i didn't spend it on my own family so now I, i try i actually take a lot of the the exercises that we do as a um 
as companies and I do take them home like and you know talk to you know what can I do better you know you ask that as a boss like you set goals together but as a family you just don't do that and so um, I mean in one of my gets along if you see one of my keynotes you'll see there's a really funny story uh, with my wife um, but you know we I, t I talk about how you know she got me to cook and she and I'll try and shorten this up but basically I always ask people how I can help her how I can be better for them and I never asked my wife when I asked my wife she said cooking and I was like you're kidding me so I ended up um, uh, ended up not doing anything and she sent me a, an article from uh, plated or uh, one of those types of sites and I ended up um, not doing anything and then I did it again uh, or, or then she sent it again another article and um, she was basically nurturing me uh, from a content marketing side of things and it was all about <laughs> cooking and so anyway when the time came for our next uh, you know our next uh, date night where we were talking about it I realized I hadn't cooked well she actually said oh how's cooking and then there was that gut feeling which I call that moment of vulnerability where I hadn't done something and I went back to those articles ended up signing up for plated ended up um, ended up uh you know she was happy she was thrilled and then i but i had to come clean i'm all about trust with people and i came clean with her and she's like oh no i knew she was like i just figured if i you know educated you with content you would either learn yourself or it was from a site called plated that does it for you that just sends it to your house and so i, I was just content marketing you so rather than getting pissed I, it was gonna win either way or you're, you're cooking right so i'm happy and so ended up um that's an example of you know we we applied some work things to at home and it was very fun and and friendly and um and i also try and apply it to friends i mean i i try and say and you know i try to enhance my friends lives i mean this in the last couple of years i got burnt really bad um and that's why i added to the I mean, it used to be just to enhance the lives of others um, but then I've, I've, I've found out that I have had uh, some close friends actually use me for different reasons. And that hit me hard because one of my goals is to enhance their lives. And when you find out you're being used by people you care about at home, it's a lot different than business. Business, mm -hmm. you expect those things. You don't expect it from family and friends as much. And so um, that's why I added to that mission is people who appreciate it. And those are people wow. who don't use you for your resources. They appreciate the, the efforts in you enhancing their lives. And so I think that um, that was a business coach. Like, I don't have a business coach, but it was a business coach that told me, he said, because I got demotivated. I was like, this is, you know, it's against my personal mission. He goes, well, why don't you change it? Focus on the ones that you really feel like appreciated and, you know, and don't go in blindly anymore. And, and I'm like, you know, you're right. I would do that in business, but in personal, typically I, was, I felt like a failure there. And I was like, oh shit, I've legitimately invested so much time in these people's lives and all of a sudden it's for nothing. And uh, because, you know, there's a zero appreciation factor there. And so, yeah, that, that hurt, but I think that I've learned to adjust similar to business and, you know, your personal, you know, life. So, I mean, I, I try to actually be the same person I am in business at home and I'm lucky and blessed that I get to do that. Some people have to act a certain way at work. I, I'm, I'm the same person at home as I am. I'm here talking to you. Mm -hmm. Well, I love it. I love all of it. I, <laughs> I love your wife using your own tactics against you to get you to cook. That's even better. Um, and, and, you know, I really believe in belonging and, and showing up for who you are, you know, like you just said at work and, wherever you are, being the person you are at the same time, all the time, which is hard to do in this world, which is, you know, just difficult by the environments we have to show up in. 
Um, John, this, this has been extremely special. Um, thank you for just coming on, sharing your just one raw vulnerability, parts of your story, your foundational elements into what, what has built you into who you are. I tried to steer away from just your expertise just to kind of get to know you, the person. Um, so thank you for, for making that possible. Uh, where, where can people find you, follow your articles, get, you know, telehealth calendar, buy your book, um, just bring us, bring us home. Um, I, it's pretty easy to reach me. Um, the, I mean, online, uh, LinkedIn, I have a newsletter that I send out, um, weekly. And so you can engage there. I typically comment back and, um, you know, you can just go on LinkedIn. And as long as you just say that it was one of the listeners from this podcast, then I'll accept, I'll accept it. Um, and I would say, I mean, check out things like, I mean, I blog on calendar.com. Obviously that's the main focus now, uh, with launching that next week is our, our big launch week where we'll be doing a lot of, uh, promotion around that. So anything you can do to help out calendar.com is appreciated. And typically if you pay attention to what they're doing, that's kind of what I'm involved in in the short term. Uh, and then, I mean, I'm involved in, I mean, I'm obviously on Twitter and places like that. And, and, but I would say that LinkedIn is, is a good place. Great. Well, John, thanks so much. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. We'll stay updated on your journey and we'll, we'll make sure uh, we get this out to the right people. Thank you. All right. Thanks, buddy. See ya. If you enjoyed this episode as much as I did, I hope you leave a review on the platform of your choice and share it with a friend who you think would find it valuable. If you'd like to receive our written newsletter and thought leadership, head on over to bwmissions.com backslash newsletter and subscribe. See you on the next show.